name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If church tradition is correct on the matter, Mark acted as a scribe for the preaching of the Apostle Peter. And we have very good reason to believe that church tradition is correct on this matter. Papias, who lived from 60 AD to 130 AD, says that he was told this fact by the Apostle John himself. And so what we have in the Gospel of Mark handed down to us is the apostolic testimony of Peter to the life and ministry of Jesus. And this is particularly remarkable as we turn to this morning's account of Peter's confession in the Gospel of Mark, where the Gospel writers, or the other ones, that is, highlight Peter's confession as the high point of their narrative, Mark does not do so nearly as much. For instance, if you think about it, in Matthew's Gospel, after Jesus asks his disciples that question, which is the most important question that will ever be posed to anyone, who do you say that I am? Peter responds with his glorious confession, you are the Christ. And then Jesus praises Peter. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, of course, we well know what follows that in all the gospel accounts, including ours this morning. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And Peter, offended by this because he could not envision, that is, he did not want a suffering Messiah, Peter has the absolute gall to go up to the Lord Jesus and rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. As a general rule, it is not a good idea to rebuke the Lord. And what Peter spoke, he did not speak from faith as he spoke his confession. But he spoke from the pit of his own sinful heart. And he spoke the very words of the devil, trying to tempt Jesus to forsake his Father's will and to forsake the cross. And Jesus makes this very plain in his rebuke of Peter. And Jesus is allowed to rebuke whoever he likes. Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Now, what is remarkable about Mark's account, which I think we should understand to be Peter's very own account, is that it skips right past the praise and here we see the humility of the apostle and his willingness to accept full responsibility for his error. There is no blessed are you, Simon Barjona. And we go straight to Jesus' teaching about his holy passion, his death and resurrection, to Peter's rebuke and Jesus' rebuke of Peter. Get behind me, Satan. This swift progression from Peter's initial good confession, you are the Christ, to Peter's offense, brings into stark contrast 
Jesus' words. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the angels. That is to say, you cannot confess Jesus. You cannot be his disciple if you are ashamed of him or of his words, as Peter was here. Or else when the Son of Man comes in his glory, he will be ashamed of you. Peter confessed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. But he wanted Jesus to be conformed to the image of who he thought the Messiah should be. And so when Jesus predicted his suffering and death at the hands of the scribes and the chief priests, Peter rebukes him. Far be it from you, Lord. But there is no Messiah. There is no salvation other than that which is given by God. So, if Peter does not want a suffering and dying Christ, he will have no Christ at all. You cannot have Jesus and be ashamed of him. And if you do not have Jesus, you do not have peace with God or salvation. For Paul says, through Jesus we have obtained access by faith into his grace, in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And through our Lord Jesus Christ we have now been reconciled to God. And we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is precisely through Jesus' suffering and death that God's love for us is shown and worked and made efficacious. This is God's love for us. While we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We are justified by his blood and thus shall be saved from the righteous wrath of God. And this is received by faith, and you cannot have faith in that which you are ashamed. For faith is a living and active trust in that word and promise of God given in Jesus that takes all the blue chips and bets them all on Christ's blood and merit. Faith says, I will stand on nothing else besides Christ and his righteousness before the very judgment seat of God and before the judgment of the world. Even before my neighbor, I will stand on Christ and Christ alone. And as the age around us spins in tumult, these words of Jesus pierce through the noise with unwavering clarity. Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in glory. When the word of Jesus comes to you and asks that question, who do you say that I am? 
You cannot confess that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and then be ashamed of Him and of His words. You cannot say you are Him by whom and through whom and for whom all things were created, and yet cover up or shy away, be ashamed of His teaching that He who created them from the beginning made them male and female. You cannot confess that you are the Christ, the supreme Lord of the universe, by whose word of power the entire creation is upheld, and yet be ashamed when he says that marriage is a lifelong union between a man and a woman directed and oriented towards the procreation of children. You cannot say that you are the way, the truth, and the life but then rebuke Jesus and say, wouldn't it be a little more inclusive if you said you were a way to the Father and not the only way to the Father? You cannot confess his incarnation and shy away from human dignity, the dignity of all human life, or his divinity, or be embarrassed by his miracles. You either have the Christ or you do not. You either have the Jesus who is or a false Jesus you've made up to fit your fancy. But the Jesus who is will not be conformed to the image that you wish, for he already has an image. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, Jesus says, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed. And here we see one of the implications of justification by grace alone, for Christ's sake alone, through faith alone. Corum Deo, that is before God, by his great mercy we are righteous on account of Jesus' shed blood alone. But that vertical relationship between us and God has implications for us Corum mundo, that is before the world. You stand under God's verdict that you are righteous for Christ's sake. You stand in Christ. You are engrafted into Him in holy baptism. You are in communion, mystical communion with Him in the supper. And you are a Christian, little Christs who bear His name and His word to the world. Not ashamed to confess Him and all that that entails. And if the world scoffs at you, or maligns you, or makes fun of you, or calls you names, or persecutes you, because you are justified by God, you can say, I don't care what you think about me, whether you call me this name or not. Quite frankly, your judgment doesn't matter, because I have the verdict of God. Jesus is the Christ and he has made me his own. He has purchased and won me by his holy, precious blood. Against him the gates of hell will not prevail. This age is passing away, but he remains forever, and I remain in him. I have God's judgment. Why should I care about yours? And if you are not ashamed of him, you will be slandered and derided. And you will learn what it means to be conformed 
to his image. For Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Peter himself would learn this lesson in the most literal way. After his resurrection, the Lord says to Peter, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Peter learned well the lesson that Jesus wishes to teach us today in Mark's gospel, as he was no longer ashamed of the suffering Messiah. He willingly followed Jesus to the cross, himself being crucified for his confession that Jesus is the Christ. And to Peter and to all who confess Jesus, the promise is given. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Peter is with Christ. All who die in Christ are with Christ. And he is the son of the living God who gives life to whom he pleases. If you are not ashamed of you, or sorry, if you are not ashamed of him, he will not be ashamed of you and gladly give you his glory. Indeed, counterintuitively for the Christian, when we suffer for Christ's sake, we can rejoice in our suffering. For we are counted worthy to bear the very image of the Son of God. Yes, St. Paul says we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through this Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The Holy Spirit who has been given to us so that we might confess that Jesus is the Christ, that we might believe in him, and having been justified by faith, know that we have peace with God, and that we would not be ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may rise for the offertory, and the ushers may collect the offering.